Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. An hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Right now, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon and good night is because we are lucky enough to be here at Radio Italia Uno on Happy Business and Happy Business is heard all around the world. We have over 12 different countries that I know of and the other day I found out there's a couple of extra countries now listening to our podcasts and it's great thanks to Ron and Podcast City that we can podcast this program so people can actually hear it in their time zone at their, their convenience and more importantly they can rehear it and I keep getting messages from people that say thank you to me or you know but like I say it's not about me my show is all about my guests and today we have a real special guest and I'll introduce in a minute Matt is here as usual with us thanks Matt great to be uh, here yep Ron is here doing the podcasting and I'm here with you every week and it goes live to air in Adelaide from two till three uh, on Monday afternoons and on our podcast around the world. So I just want to say thank you to the guys that sent me some emails. We actually did a fundraiser here a few weeks ago, in the middle of June, on the 17th of June to be exact. We did a fundraiser to raise some money for Paul and the COVID. And I was one of the major contributors to it myself and the Consulate General of South Australia. And we raised just over $7,000 uh, in one evening and I actually got some emails from people in Nepal to say thank you to Radio Italia Uno and to Happy Business Radio and a couple of the people in Nepal unbeknownst to me who actually were over there to receive the money and help to distribute it the email honestly was very very touching we don't realize how lucky we are in Adelaide in Australia in whole but in Adelaide I mean I know that Melbourne is suffering and I know they've gone through their fifth lockdown but Please understand there are a lot of other countries out there really, really suffering. And our northern neighbours at the moment, there are thousands and thousands of people dying every day in Indonesia. And I've got emails from people over there saying that a couple of the ideas that they got from our business talk a couple of weeks back, they are thinking of starting the same business up there. Last week we had a guy in here who said that ever since he was a young man, he started little cleaning rounds he started a cleaning round and then he sold it off and then he, he did that and surprisingly enough straight away I was talking to somebody else who said the same thing and said wow it was great that they picked up ideas from four or five weeks ago and I'm sure when when the one from next week goes to air they'll do the same thing you know there was somebody here and they they said the same things what you said Ron about they go back and listen to it again and they pick up things that they hadn't heard the first time through and there was people at different universities who are sharing with their business colleagues you know so who are studying business or who are setting up businesses and said oh did you hear this and and this is what this man here said or this is what this woman said and it was really interesting how from Adelaide we've got business people here who are now inspiring people right across the world so thank you Adelaide and thank you to all the people that come in and thank you to all my guests and today we have a real special guest and and I'm very very proud and happy to uh, mention Bob Day and Bob welcome to the program and thank, thank you, you. Thank you so much for coming. We're, I know we're on the phone at the moment, which unfortunately you weren't able to come into the studio, but we've got fairly good quality here, so we'll be picking you up through the phone during this talk with you. 
Uh, Bob, welcome to Radio Italia Uno. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing your time. I know you're very busy, especially at the moment with other things that you're doing, we'll talk about in just a minute. But just tell us a little bit about the Bob Day story. I know that you've been the original Bob the Builder since <laughs> yes. 1970-something. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that, Bob, where you started. Well, I, I, yes, I, I started. I built my first house in uh, 1979 in Adelaide. Wow. And by 1991, 12 years later, my company, Homestead Homes, we were called, was South Australia's largest home builder. We were building a 1,000 homes a year wow. uh, just in South Australia. Homestead was a very successful and profitable company every year since the day it started. Um, and then in 1996, I bought a um, company in Western Australia in Perth called Collier Homes, which is a well-known brand over there. Mm-hmm. And that, that went very well. And then in 2000, I bought a company in Queensland called New Start Homes, and that was very successful. Peter, they say the worst thing that can ever happen to you is that you have a win the first time you go to the casino. Ah, yes. Uh, well, I had a win starting Homestead and I had a win uh, buying Collier Homes and then I had another win uh, buying New Start Homes. But then in 2003, I made a fatal mistake and I bought a large Sydney-based builder mm-hmm. and I, quite frankly, I'd bitten off more than I could chew and that company dragged all the others under and having been in business for 40 years, naturally, I was devastated. Wow. Yeah, I can un- well imagine. But you did so well. I mean, you know, like we're, we're talking about this and it, and I really appreciate you, you know, your honesty, obviously, because the fact is that you, you, you took off in the you know, early 70s where you were just a tradesperson, you built your own business, you built your own home, and, and then you started Homestead Homes. Homestead Homes, like all through my years, it, it was one of the major companies in Adelaide. And the thing is that I, I know that you bought a company in Perth and New South Wales or Queensland and you were building right across Australia. What was yes, it, it yeah. you know, what well, was it that made you grow? What motivated you to grow? I mean, you know, like I, I've just seen a, just out the front here, you know, there's a plumber and one day there's a plumber that's got 60 vans and then the other guy's still got a 20-year-old ute, you know, that's being held together by duct tape. What was it that motivated you to, to grow and, and inspired you? What, you know, can you tell well, us? I was, I was a plumber as well. I started, me and a friend started a company called Day and Night Plumbing. I was the day, of course, in yeah. the day and night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get calls in the, in the middle of the night. I'd say, no, look, my name's Day. You'll have to ring Mr. Night. <laughs> and um, we had a lot of fun in those early days. And we were working for home builders. Yeah. And um, I realised that building houses was really basically a coordinating role where you get a lot of tradespeople and suppliers. And so from there, we we built our first home like in 1979 and, like I say, right through to 2015 or 2016, whenever it was. I, I should make the point, though, that all homes always covered by homeowners' warranty. So all homes were fully insured most suppliers and tradespeople are also covered by insurance. So personally, I know that you get a lot of bad publicity with these sorts of things, but it, it's always a proprietary limited arrangement so mm-hmm. that, you know, it was a difficult time for a lot of people. But we got through it. But look, what motivated me? Well, look, from my earliest days, I was struck by two things um, that were happening around. One was forming apprenticeship levels. I mean, when I started in the building industry, every tradesman had an apprentice. Yes, and you know, lads that weren't good at academic um, kind of pursuits at school, um, left school at 15, 
became an apprentice and did really, really well. They ended up buying two and three houses and sending their kids to private schools and <laughs> are really good citizens. And a lot of the tradespeople from the 70s and 80s did very, very well. And also, I noticed a deterioration in housing affordability at the time. So I was pretty intent on doing something about all that. So I joined the local housing industry association, the HIA, and I I started agitating for change, you know, chairing committees and giving speeches and writing countless articles and opinion pieces. And of course, you know, Peter, when you start that caper, the first thing they do is make you the president. Yeah. (laughs) And so I I was elected the national president of the Housing Industry Association and uh, intensified my efforts uh, lobbying both state and federal governments. And it was then that I realised that what was at the heart of the problem of falling employment amongst young people or youth, youth unemployment was rising and housing affordability was deteriorating was that the most most of the people writing the rules of the game that's the politicians yes. had never actually played the game they've never none of them had ever had a proper job yes they've got to go to university they've got a job as a staffer working for a politician and then they became a politician themselves yes so i thought the only way uh, to bring about change was to get myself elected to parliament and go and fix it from, from within the so <laughs> from the inside so yeah. I contested the 2007 and 2010 election, but I wasn't successful at those, but I was elected to Australian Senate in 2013 and then re-elected in 2016. Good on you. Um, Under the banner of Family First, basically an Australian family party, Mm -hmm. that someone has to go into the back, back of the family that... Believing and looking that looking to politicians and public sector bureaucrats and regulators to fix the nation's problems. I mean, the, the, the nation and everyone has we've got economic problems and social problems that we need to fix and and goals that we want to achieve. But looking to politicians to to fix these is a lost cause. So I figured that I, I need to go in there. But the big mistake I, that I made was that I went into into parliament, went into politics and left the, the companies in the hands of, of managers, mm-hmm. and you know, that didn't turn out too well. That's the problem, I think, they're finding somebody to delegate to. Some people have problems delegating, and other people just finding people to delegate to, you know, like the right people. We, we've got a, a couple more minutes, so I just want to ask you, what was it that were motivating you to keep building and building and building? You know, what was it that motivated you? What, who, what mentors did you have at the time, or... Did you not realise you had mentors? Oh, look, I, I, I had a few people that I admired at the time. There were, I suppose it's um, a combination of things. You take the opportunities when they come. You just keep getting better and better and better at fewer and fewer things. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the, the marketing side. And they say that nothing in the world happens until someone sells something. That's right. Um, you know, you need a – in every organisation, there's a sharp end and a blunt end. Yeah. And I like working with the sharp end trailblazing, trying new things. I was very much an entrepreneur, I suppose, Um, and um, going into new areas, trying different styles of housing and and pursuing those things and and inspiring people to get on board. And I was – school's never out for the the business person, so I was always learning, going, joining different organisations, going to courses – 
So you, those sorts of things. So the, yeah. The thing is, it's you. You were on a never-ending curve of of learning in a way, wasn't it? And you're always well, looking for things to improve. Always, yes, yeah. uh, constantly. Yeah, yeah. Scores never out. You're always wanting to learn something new every day. You yeah. to learn something new. Okay, we, we need to take a break now and we'll come straight back. But that's that's a very good point to end on. That The fact is, whatever you do, you've got to keep looking at ways of improving it. You've got to look at ways of keep innovating, as you said, you know. Yeah, and, but at, at the same time, though, but don't lose, don't get too far ahead of your people. I remember a very successful female politician, Ruth Richardson, she was the finance minister of New Zealand, once, and she yeah. said, the more entrepreneurial yeah. that the leader is, yes. then the more hardwired the people following behind them need to be. So that if you've got <laughs> a really entrepreneurial, yeah. way out front kind of person, make sure you've got a very, very Backup team. A team, yeah. backup team who dot the I's, cross the T's, and make sure that all those managerial and operational matters yep. uh, are okay. taken care of. Excellent. Well, well, we'll take a break now and we'll come straight back straight after these commercial breaks. Thank you very much. Radio Italia Uno is inviting you to our very special once-a-year gala night on Saturday evening, the 28th of August, at the Marquee Club in Paradise. Tickets are $70, which includes a magnificent four-course meal, entertainment by Mumbo Italiano, and a spectacular floor show. Radio Italia Uno prides itself on inclusivity, warmth, friendship, and community, and what better way to celebrate than to attend this annual event? Simply call the station to book at 8212-3177. Radio Italia Uno's Gala Night, August the 28th. The surprises never end. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. 
Chiama l'82-12-3177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. And thank you to all our sponsors. Of course, without our sponsors, we wouldn't be anything. But look, we're a community radio station. We depend on all our sponsors to help us. But of course, we are here to help you. So if you have a product or a service that you want to get out there, let the people know, please get in touch with Radio Italia Uno. We are more than happy to give you special rates up until Christmas. We are really looking forward to helping any business fast track out of COVID, basically. We want to launch as many businesses as we can between now and Christmas. So if anybody's out there that wants to know how to get your service and your business in the market, come and talk to us. Okay, thank you. And please support the people that support us. Now, we have you know a special guest today, Bob Day. Bob Day was a builder from many, many years. He was the original Bob the Builder and started Homestead Homes here in Adelaide way back in 1979, and then came South Australia's biggest builder, bought a company in Western Australia, bought a company in Queensland and and a couple of other states where he built homes as well. And Bob, you were involved in the building industry for a long, long time and one of the dominant builders in, in, in South Australia as well as the other states. Now, what was your reason for going into politics? Oh, I noticed the decline in apprenticeships in the construction industry and the associated rise in youth unemployment. You know, there, there was a relationship between rising youth unemployment and falling apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. And, and also I noticed that housing affordability uh, was getting worse. And so I thought I would go into Parliament. Well, first I started lobbying politicians to explain. Like I said earlier, they didn't even know what I was talking about. So <laughs> I thought I'd better go in there and, and do it myself. So I went in on a platform of um, every family, a job and a house. Yep. I thought, if, I thought if every family had a job and owned their own home, then we have a far fewer problems in society and in the country. And basically, as a nation, we have social and economic problems that, that we want to solve and social and economic goals we want to achieve. But the problem is the world is changing so profoundly. Yeah. It's changing in social attitudes. It's changing world economics and especially technology, that politicians and public sector bureaucrats are hopelessly ill-equipped to manage it. They are simply outdated and outgunned, and the, the world is moving too fast with technology and economics and social attitude that politicians and public sector bureaucrats haven't got a clue about how to fix them. Well, that's, and, and, that is a big and, problem. Yeah, that it, is, it is. Yeah, that is so a big I problem. thought, yep, and the, the only way is, is to get right back to basics, and that is to the family. It's the family that should be at the centre of every conversation. If, if you get it right at the family stage, then they can make the decisions. Families have what they call agency. Families can do things. Mm-hmm. So I, I started the Australian Family Party, and based on the on, on six principles, there's family resilience about the cohesion and, and relationships, Family economics, obviously, you know, putting food on the table. Family technology, which is a, a really important one. I mean, the internet has become 
the new Wild West with power concentrated in the hands of tech giants who destroy competition and privacy and, and misuse the information that they collect. And any suggestions that these, these giants can be trusted to act fairly, it, it's just laughable. You hear um, politicians and bureaucrats saying, we're going to regulate big tech. We're going to make them comply with a code of conduct or we're going to insist that they do that. These tech giants just laugh at, at these regulators when they start talking like that because they're bigger than some countries, yeah. uh, some of these, these, these tech, tech giants. So well, they, they, they certainly own, you know, the ones that own the tech giants certainly own all the richest people in the world that own those companies. And they're like I say, they're not only bigger than some countries, they're much richer than most countries. And do you think that, you know, a few Australian public sector bureaucrats are going to be able to manage all that? Of course not. The only way is for the family to start right back at the family level. Mm -hmm. And then there are other things about freedoms, about free to speak, free to believe, uh, free to work. Um, I've been championing these kind of causes of freedom all my life, and I think it's time that to push back against politicians and bureaucrats that have gutted the family, and we've got to shift what I call shift the centre of gravity away from the political class. Instead of politicians and bureaucrats running our entire lives, yep. we've got to shift the centre of gravity back to the family, having much, much more agency and self and, and control to be able to do it. It incentivize family formation. More people getting married, you know, having children and the benefits, stable relationships, home ownership, cost of living, of course, uh, ability to free speech, free to believe, you know, family and faith. And faith and family have been my cat's cry and, uh, again, and, and, and technology. So that's what sort of motivated me. Three years or so that I was in Parliament, I was doing really well. Got off to a very good start, but then with the business problem that I had, I had to leave the Parliament and go and sort out the, the business problem, which I've done. Uh, that's all been done. That's all settled now. There were no adverse findings, so I managed to come through that okay. Excellent. So I'm now running for, for Parliament again. So you've well, formed you formed a different party now because previously you were, like I said, the family first. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Family First was deregistered back in twenty seventeen. It was started by actually a pastor from the church, a guy called Andrew Evans, yeah. back in two thousand and two. And then when that folded back in 2017, rather than re-register Family First, I thought, well, in deference to Andrew, I'll leave that. That was that was his time and that was the time of Family First. But I registered the Australian Family Party. I mean, obviously, part of our, of our slogans are putting the family first and those sorts of things. So it's basically Family First 2.0 <laughs> with the same policies, yeah. um, same structure, exactly the same objectives. Everything about it is the same. Basically, the same membership. Most of the people that were members of Family First have now joined the Australian Family Party. So everything about the same, except that the, the name is just slightly different. Yep. Okay. But I just want to jump in real quick. I, I just want to say, if I was in church, Mr. Day, I'd be saying Amen. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, to to a lot of the things you're saying. Um, and if, if you need you somebody to stuff envelopes or something, you can give me a call. But, <laughs> but one thing that you've mentioned was you said that planning on politicians to solve these problems, in your words, is a lost cause. Because, as you said, they're outdated and outgunned, and they just have no clue on how to handle these type of issues. So what can the listeners that we have right now do to impact a positive change themselves? I understand your philosophy and agree with the fact that it has to. we have to go back to basics and build from the ground up, and the most important unit of society is the family. 
Can you talk a little bit about what you think people can do in their daily lives to affect a positive change in our society? Yeah, I think first they have to um, acknowledge that. We, we, they have to recognize that that is true, that it's a, that it's a fact that we, this charade that we go through where we pretend that politicians, I mean, whenever there's a problem or a, a something that needs to be done, you'll get a politician that put his hand up and say, vote for me and I will fix this for you. And we want to believe them. We, we do. We want to think that someone can handle these big problems in our lives, you know, something's gone wrong in our life and, you know, we've fallen on hard times or we've made a bad choice or we've made a bad decision or something adverse has happened to us. And, and a politician will opportunistically always say, vote for me and I will fix it for you. I will make your life better. I will do this. I will fix this. And I'm here to tell them that, that is, it is, I know these people. I've worked with them. They are no smarter than you. In fact, they're a lot less smart than you are. Do not believe them. They will not. They cannot. They don't have the 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 experience. The, the things are changing so much. They don't know about your life or your business at all. So first and foremost, do not believe them when they tell you that they will fix the, the problems for you or that they will. If you've got fears, so, that the fears and, and solve and achieve the goals for you. Sorry to interrupt there, no but problem. what I'm hearing, and, and maybe I'm not hearing it right, so if you could clarify for me. So what I think I'm hearing is you're saying the same stuff your mom and your grandma told you. Take re- personal responsibility, and that's the first step. Is, is that what I'm hearing? And You are and, absolutely and, right, Matt. And that it, is definitely what I'm saying. And in your situation as a politician, I have a lot of empathy for you because you're trying to battle the whole philosophy of free stuff i.e. take the easy way out, I'll do it for you, versus the philosophy of, hey, you got to take care of yourself and you got to take care of your family and together we can change things. Exactly. There was a very famous politician who was a great mentor. Peter mentioned mentors. His name was Bert Kelly. Bert Kelly was a farmer, a modest farmer, they called him. He used to run a farm and then he went into politics and he had a, his saying was, never let the government help you. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald, Ronald Reagan used to say that some of the scariest words in the English language are, I'm from the government yeah. and I'm here to help. Here to help you, yeah. Well, don't let them help you, you know. And he used to say, look, if these bureaucrats knew what crops to plant and what to do and all these things, he said, they wouldn't be here. They'd be in the south of France with their feet in a bucket of champagne. Yeah. You know, that, that they wouldn't be doing that job. So the first point is don't believe them. Don't accept that if we're going to fix these problems of you know, how to solve stopping our children from being uh, overtaken by this technology revolution, don't believe politicians and bureaucrats when they'll say, look, we'll fix it. We're going to make them comply to a code of conduct or we're going to increase fines or we're going to do this. Or don't believe them. Your children are your responsibility You'll have to do it. You'll have to monitor them. You'll have to train them. You'll have to educate them. You have to watch what they're doing. You'll have to teach them about morality. Do not believe politicians when they say, we will stop these tech giants from manipulating your children. Well, the thing, Bob, I, I find that all the politicians I've listened to in the past have all said they seem to be so keen to do something and uh, we vote them in and once they're in, 
they have to follow party plan or party policy or inner sanctum tell them what to do. So even though they go into politics with all the gusto of wanting to change and wanting to fix things, they can't. I mean, Bob, you've been in politics, you've been involved with politics or politicians. You know how hard it is to get them to change their mind or get the party strongholds or bigwigs to actually change something. I remember Bob Hawke said... You know, um, when he went into power, he said, no, no, every child in Australia will learn to read by the year, you know, 1919 and whatever it was. And, yeah, there's no know, child 1920. Yeah, yeah. And since then, since then, they, their learning has gone down. You know, <laughs> we, we are a, a first world country with third class readers. You know, our maths at school is worse than a, a third world country. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, again, how much evidence do we need? We, there was an endless list of promises um, by politicians that, but like there's a classic one: no child will live in poverty by 1990 or whatever it was. Yeah. They can't, they can't do it. And well, no, about, I believe, I believe we can. Well, I believe, yeah, I, I know. Listen, true, I believe yeah, yeah. we can in Australia. Work. In Australia, we could do that, but unfortunately, we're spending a billion dollars on something else, and a billion dollars somewhere else, yep. and another yep. billion somewhere else. If we only spent one billion on education, bang, yeah. that problem was yeah. fixed. And if you fix up education, all the other problems would be fixed. When I came to Australia, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, and I couldn't speak English. Right now, people think, "Oh, wow, you sound English." I said, "Well, my elocution class is." paid off you know <laughs> but uh, yeah. jokingly but but the fact is had I learned to read and write when I was a child I would be doing a different career than what I have been doing you know but see politics it, now is not about solving poverty or anything like that politics now is about getting into office and being in power that's right and that, the that, people who get pre-selected yep. in office you don't get to be a, a candidate anymore yep. unless you are pre-selected by the power brokers yep. who, and you will comply and they'll say, look, here's your career path. You will be elected to this seat. You will do this and you will do That's it you're right. told. And if you keep your nose clean and do what we say and we'll, vote the right way, we'll reselect you. <laughs> yep, and you can progress yep. through to being a minister. But you, if you start rocking the boat, yep. you will be out on your ear. Okay, we've got and, to take a break, Bob. We've gone sure. over the 15-minute break. We've gone <laughs> over into 16 minutes. You're so, so passionate. So, look, we'll come straight back after this, all right? Thank you, Bob. No problem. Thank you very much. Yo, ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, granito, marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now. 82662280 Unique Stone We won't be beaten Come on Che stai facendo? Yo Chiama adesso O'Brien Electrical Adelaide Your local electrical electrician Service and responsiveness For locally owned and operated businesses Their priority 263 Sturt Street in the city, right alongside of Radio Italia Uno. Give them a call and speak with their friendly staff. Their number 1300 051 482.
Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media? Continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley. Listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio. And of course, um, on our podcast, uh, thanks to Podcast City. We are so lucky here today because we have Bob Day with us. Bob Day was former owner of uh, Homestead Homes, managing director of uh, several other building companies in Western Australia and Queensland and around Australia, and then went into politics and the, the good things and the bad things, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly of businesses, that as soon as you take your finger off the pulse, nobody's going to look after it as much as you do. Nobody cares about you as much as you do. And that's what happened to his business. And he had to leave politics to look after his business and fix it up and and, uh, just get it all back on track. And he's managed to do that. And thanks, you, Bob, for coming back on with us today. And I know that you're going back into politics now. And we were talking about that all the way through this podcast and this this show. And one of the things you mentioned that's very important is the family relationships and how we need to look at that. Is that right, Bob? Indeed, yeah. Look, that, I, I definitely run on a, I ran on a platform of, of family first last time, and I'll do the same again. That's that's at the heart of the number of everything, that the family should be the centre of, of every aspect of society. Family family has what's called agency. It can do things. Family provides meaning and belonging and security and, and strong family relationships, they, they have all sorts of benefits. They reduce depression and anxiety. Yep. Uh, they strengthen the immune system. You know, yes, there's, there's, there's studies. They oh, speed yeah. recovery, recovery from surgery. So, but when the family breaks down, it, it is very, very costly. Mental illness alone yes. costs the Australian economy $180 billion a year in mental illness. More, yep. You know what, Peter? More young men take yeah. their own lives than yes. are killed in road accidents. I, look, I know that I'm a laughter therapist and I, I set up the laughter clubs here in Australia over 30 years ago and I've been doing laughter and laughter therapy for over 30 years and unfortunately I get these statistics every day. People yeah. send me stuff. I Right across Australia and through Asia and Southeast Asia, I help to set up the laughter clubs and through the laughter clubs we get a lot of this information. Depression, anxiety is one of the biggest things. I mean, one of our Olympiads just uh, resigned 
resigned from the games because of anxiety that she's been having all the way through her sporting career. And that can be fixed. It's, it can be fixed fairly quickly too. My wife is a clinical hypnotherapist and, and just lately, she's been doing it for over 20 years, so she's got a lot of experience. But just lately, most of her calls are related to families and family relationships, anxiety bust-ups and what this COVID has caused, the anxiety in people, is so important. You mentioned the fact that people with family support heal and recover quickly. There was a couple of stories in the papers and in the news. And again, if you've got a family support and you're in hospital, you recover very, very quickly. If you're not and you're there all alone, all by yourself, it takes a lot longer. And the mental anguish and the anxiety that that causes, causes your body to react in certain ways that doesn't heal itself or certainly certainly doesn't heal itself as fast. And yet there was um, a couple of cases where this lady was stopped from going in to see her mother. And then eventually when she went in to see her mother, within days her mother made a remarkable recovery and the doctor said, I don't know what happened. You know, she was, we had, we had her on death watch and all of a sudden she's okay. And I could have told him straight away, as soon as the daughter went in there and touched her mother, her mother felt the energy. Definitely, there's, there's studies that have proved that many, oh, many lots times. Of studies. There's, there's, there's also a very strong link, Peter, between the, the health of the family and crime rates. The oh, yes. um, boys who've raised in fatherless households, for example, are, are more likely to commit suicide, abuse drugs, commit yep. rape, end up in correctional facilities, get divorced, yes. suffer from loneliness and addiction. You know, addiction to alcohol, gambling, drugs, yep. pornography, you name it, yes. the breakdown in family leads to a, a whole lot of both criminal and social problems. Yep, and, uh, and the education system, not to say that if you're educated, you're not on drugs because most of the educated people can afford the drugs. But what I'm saying is there, there is a crime rate relationship to your standard of education, to the, the amount of people that do these petty thefts and stupid yeah. vandalism and all that sort of stuff. Well, this leads me on. My father used to say, um, my late father used to say, when poverty comes in the door, love goes out through the window. So family economics is a very, very important uh, aspect of this, that, you know, you don't want poverty in the door. Uh, otherwise, you get you know, end up, love goes out through the window. Yep. So we look at power, look at power prices and house prices and water prices mm-hmm. and, and how family budgets and family businesses are all under siege under the, you know, the unbearable cost of energy and regulation and taxation, sending family businesses to the wall. Yeah, and, and now with the COVID restrictions, the mm. family, family businesses, the small family businesses which support South Australia and support Australia, they're the ones that are supporting all the students, supporting all the, you know, the little bars and coffee shops and all little restaurants and small businesses where they've got one or two employees. They are struggling. They mm. are struggling, and that's what we need to help. Because if we if we support the small businesses, that'll grow and support the bigger business, the foundations. Yeah, family business, family farms, family businesses. Yep. Families that only have one income, so, so where usually the mother stays home to look after the children, mm-hmm. at no cost to taxpayers, they're disadvantaged. If they only get one tax-free threshold, yep. whereas two-income families get two. Yeah. So the, the whole thing needs to be reviewed so to, to give much, much more attention to the just the sheer cost of family economics these days. Yeah, there's, there's so many things that need to be looked at. And when you're in power, 
and you go into politics, the only thing they're really looking for is the next election in three years' time, how to win that election. <laughs> that's all. It's all they care about is how to win. And that's it's all about power now. There's nothing about policy um, aspects of it. It's what do we have to do to win? What do we have to say? Yeah. What do we have to do to, how win, can, to win? How can we win the next election? And will mm. that affect us or not affect us? And after they're elected, they, they do all these big woe promises and then – they wait till the end of the term to start acting on them and say, look what we did. And then they blame each other for, for not doing it or for doing it. Exactly. And again, family resilience, you know, the things I, I, I can't go on enough about family technology, cyberbullying. There's an indisputable link between mental health and social media. Violent computer games affect boys. Oh, yes. uh, cyber bullying. Cyber bullying is deadly for girls, and sexting is rife. The, it, it, the online predators is frightening. Yeah, and, um, and again, and, it comes back to the and regulators can't fix that. That's why we have to empower the families family. Get, the family has you know, to fix that. You know, like exactly. when I was a kid, I used to get bullied every day. Right, I'm I'm from an Italian background, so I, you know, I came out over here from Europe. And yep. I used to get bullied every day for being a wog, for being a foreigner, for being yep. this, and couldn't speak and couldn't read and couldn't write. Uh, so I'd be picked on all the time. Oh, you're silly. You can't even read. You're silly. You can't even speak. You know, what are you saying anyway? So yep. I, I know Peter, that. Peter, there's, there's only one institution that can combat the lawlessness of the digital jungle and its predators, and that's the family. The family is the best place to learn who to trust and who not to trust and who to communicate with and who not to communicate yep. with. And this is the problem. A lot of people come from a d very dysfunctional families. And, mm. and and unfortunately, the ones that come from dysfunctional family become even more dysfunctional and or go to the wrong families for uh, support. You know, they, mm. they hang, hang around with the wrong people. They get to, into the wrong groups. They, they think that by going into a gang, they're going to be more supported. And unfortunately, gangs do support each other. Well, gangs, you know, it, it's like a family. gangs and so on. They, they, they're the number one recruitment agency for unemployed young people. You know, yeah. they, they get bored. They haven't got a job. I remember when we had apprentice lads working on a building site and they'd be, by Friday night, Peter, I can tell you, they, they were too buggered. I mean, they were too, sorry, too tired yeah. to be, you know, go hooning around setting fire to brush fences yeah. and <laughs> hooning around and, and graffitiing because they, they were, were they, they were, were. They were after a week's work yeah. on a building site, and they were and afraid they'd be picked up to go and fix the river fence. You know, exactly. Nowadays, so you just get a smack get on their hand. Sport, get them playing soccer on a Saturday as well. Yeah, you know, on the building site during the week, playing football on the on Saturday. Yep. And if you could get them to church on a Sunday to mass or something, that's yep. great. But otherwise, they're on the you got They're set on the right track yep. for life. That's right. So. We, so have, to point would be, we uh, have to take a break. We have to take a break. I tell you, this has gone so fast. It's it's been a fantastic show. I really appreciate you uh, hanging in there, Bob. We've got another five minute session. We'll come straight back. All right. No problem. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over thirty years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. 
make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park, or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on demand about topics they are interested in. And now thanks to Podcast City, you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 8212317 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley. Join me each Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. for Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, destroying victim philosophy, canceling cancel culture, and by discussing as well as listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, beliefs, business, history, world events, and more. Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Now it's time for a mentoring session with Happy Business Radio. Every week we bring you a little motivational story to uh, just to motivate you and make you inspire. And this week we've asked Matt to do the story. So Matt, over to you. Today I want to talk a little bit about ignoring the critics. Now, of course, it's always important to take constructive criticism. But as far as I know, no one has ever erected a statue to a critic. (laughs) I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about a lovely young lady who was told by Columbia Pictures that she would never, ever make it in the film industry. Her name, of course, was Marilyn Monroe. Then I was thinking about another fellow who got fired for never, ever having any creative ideas and also went bankrupt seven times when he started his own business because no one else would hire him. His name, of course, was Walt Disney. Then I started thinking about other entertainers. I thought about a young man who was told by Decca, which was one of the largest record labels of the time, that he had no talent and he needed to go back to driving a truck. His name, of course, was Elvis Presley. This guitar band was told that guitar bands are on their way out. No one will sign you. That band, of course, was the Beatles. If we move to literature, this author was told that his work was not suitable for publication, and he received 27 rejection letters by publishers. The 28th one, a very small publisher, accepted him. That man's name was Dr. Seuss, and that was Cat in the Hat. If we move to politics, this politician lost, not one, lost, nine out of 12 elections. But he's remembered for the two he did win for president of the United States. That man was Abraham Lincoln. This man was told by his instructors he was too stupid to learn. That man was Thomas Edison, who's credited with over 1,300 inventions, including the light bulb and the phonograph. 
This PhD student was told that his thesis was fanciful and irrelevant. He was discouraged, but not defeated. His name was Albert Einstein. And where I'm sure that no one has ever erected a statue to a critic, I'm sure that all of these people have several statues erected to them. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to Happy Business Radio on our podcast as well as on Radio Italia Uno every Monday from 2 till 3 p.m. Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. You can pick us up or on our podcast on Happy Business Radio. We have had a really fantastic uh, show today. It's gone so fast. Bob Day is our special guest. So, Bob, thank you for uh, having us on. I just wanted to say, Bob, we talked during the break, and that's the thing is, but I always say, please support the people who support us. Let us help you. If you've got a product or service that you want to advertise, get in touch with us. We're offering some very special rates, especially between now and Christmas. We're giving you a very, very early Christmas present because we want to get your business moving. Bob, you have been in the building industry way back since the early 70s you've run homestead homes which is a you know household name here in adelaide and of course several other businesses in different states and now you, you've been up you've been down and around you know you've been around the block a couple of times so what's your main philosophy you want to end up with now to tell us look i think the the, the main point i'd make is that life is full of highs and lows you can I, i've had some of the highest highs you can imagine being extremely wealthy And then I've also had some of the lowest of the lows and being bankrupt and being, you know, the lowest of lows. And I can tell you there's not that much difference between the two. Um, <laughs> oh, just the money. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only money. You've got your family, your faith, and the, these other things that can carry you through. Noel Coward once said the secret of success is the capacity to survive failure. Yep. And, and, even, and Henry Ford, he said failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, but this time do it more intelligently. Yes. You know, and, and there's not much we can do about bad business decisions that, that were made, you know, that, like I made a bad business decision 10 years ago. But there's certainly a lot I can do now to try to improve the yeah. lives of families uh, today. The trials that we go through in life are, are preparation for what comes next. They're not meant to punish us. They're meant to prepare us. Stepping stones. And, like stepping and, stones along the way. Exactly. And and my message would be don't let your past mistakes define who you are or enslave you, yep. but keeps, you know, the, he who puts his hand to the plough, just keep looking forward. Yep. Don't, don't let those past mistakes uh, enslave you to what happened then. The ability to move on. Yep. Um, some places, you know, can only be reached through failure and suffering and, Trials it's, and it's a yeah. Exactly. And yeah. if you're going to put some skin in the game, which the critics tend not to, they, it's easy to, to yell abuse and criticise from the sidelines. But for those who want to, you know, like I did, you put everything on the line, you put skin in the game, and sometimes it doesn't work out, but don't let that define you. You can get through it like I've done. Yep. 
and you go, you, know, you can fail, but you can get up and you can keep going. And like they say, the test of a person is what it takes to stop them. Yeah. And, you know, don't, <laughs> don't let those things uh, stop you, but just keep going. It can be done. Look, I, I think you're a perfect example of that, and I really appreciate you coming on, Bob, because I know you're a very, very businessman. Uh, you're a, you know, you're a big businessman. You're a, a politician. You're going back into politics. You're building every day. You're working hard, and I know how busy you are. So I really appreciate your time, and I know that during this program, if people go back and listen to the podcast, they will pick up quite a few gems. It's funny, Matt's here in front of me and he's written about five or six pages of notes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite interesting. Look, um, there are lots of uh, look, people I come across. It was uh, Whenever they say, oh, Bob, sorry, what happened to you in your business? And they say, you know, and then they'll tell me about problems that they've had with yep. cancer or with a divorce or yep. or they're, they're, one of their children have gone off, you know, was on drugs or they've, yep. you know, they've been falsely accused of something. I mean, look at what happened to George Pell. Imagine going through something like that where you're accused of you know a, a really horrendous crime mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter what the what the challenges are in life you, you, it, Marjorie Jackson Nelson was a governor of she South was a Australia. famous Olympian yep. of South Australia yep. she came to an event up in the hills where I was at once and and she said you know if you haven't gone through a tragedy or suffered a tragedy in, in your life just wait you will. Everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Everyone will. It doesn't, you know, it can be a relationship, a health, yeah. a financial, a child, a loss right. of a child. Yeah. Uh, you, you, but the, the key is to is to get through it and keep moving. All right. Look, we, we really appreciate your time, Bob. We've got to go because the time's up and until we meet again. But I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. And like you said, some people go through trials and tribulations where they just break a fingernail and think it's a big deal. And other people go through major cancer or major surgery or major family bust-ups or whatever and still survive. And your resilience is a credit to you. So, oh, thanks, Peter. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you a story about a broken fingernail uh, if you've got a minute one day. <laughs> All right. Look, maybe straight after this. I'll, sure, I you will. Well, you t- you know, right. we, uh, Look, I'll no just worries. say goodbye to everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. And until next time, until we meet again. This is Peter Salerno signing off from Happy Business Radio. Thank you, Matt, for coming in. Ron, Pleasure's all mine. Thank you for podcasting us. And, of course, Bob Day, thank you for being our special guest today. My, my pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.